Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nana Ministry. We are so excited to have yet another episode and continuing on with specifically our series on mental health. My name is Dr. Katie Elson. I'm a licensed clinical psychology, and joining me, my co host. Hi, I'm Christelle Olasaran, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Yes, and before we begin, we always like to mention this disclaimer. We are mental health professionals, but the intent of this series is not to provide nor substitute any professional advice, treatment, etc. Instead, the main purpose is to provide spiritual guidance. And I love our focus of how specifically the Bible and the truth of the Bible, truth prescriptions, can help us with our mental health. And so if you are seeking advice or treatment, please seek that through a mental health professional or another qualified provider. Yes. And also in the event that you are in a crisis or think that you may have an emergency, please do call your doctor or 911 immediately. Also, if you're having any suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK as shown there on the screen. And you can talk to a skilled trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any point in time. Yes. And before we actually introduce our topic, we'd like to briefly review last episode and specifically the truth prescription that we had for last episode. Now, Chriselle, what was our topic? Our topic was on sexual addiction, and a component of that was on pornography addiction. Yes, and specifically, we looked at a biblical case study. Well, actually, two, right? We looked at who, Chriselle? We looked at the story of Joseph, and then we paralleled that with the story of David in regards to um, sexual temptation. So kind of what to do and what not to do. And so if you missed that episode, we encourage you to go back and watch. It is great in regards to tips and steps to take when we're struggling. Now, our truth prescription for that episode, right? We always like to end with a truth prescription, what I can do, because if it's only information, then we're not actually changing. So mm-hmm. we see here that the first one was to identify your addictions, right? And then specifically take steps to overcome them. Now, actually, I think that was from the previous episode. Am I correct, Rizal? In terms of the pornography sexual addiction? Yes. Yes. Okay. So do you remember which was the other one? No. Okay, we'll see here. Let me pull it up for a second. But Rizal, can you explain a little bit more about kind of the differences between David and Joseph, Joseph, right? And so we recognized when we paralleled both stories that it was interesting because David at that point was married where Joseph was not. He was single. In terms of temptation, Joseph had it continually as the Bible had shared, whereas David, he had a moment in time where he decided to follow upon his inclination towards a beautiful woman that he had beheld or beholded. Um, it's beheld, right? Yes. <laughs> I was like, behold, it doesn't sound correct that he had beheld. Um, and so we paralleled that as well. Another additional thing that I think is huge is the component of David. He had a calling as a king to be at a particular place. He didn't respond and follow through with that calling. And therefore, the opportunity for temptation and fall into that sexual addiction and it's an addiction because he kept continuing falling forward into that temptation 
Um, whereas Joseph, he remained true to his calling. And there were moments, as the Bible has shared, that he said to himself, how could I do this thing against God? Recognizing that aside from it being horrible because he'd be going against his master, it's a, it would be wrong against God. So those are just a couple of points. And if you want to learn more about it, I do encourage you to go back and watch that video because I don't really hear many people talk about sexual addiction when it comes to the spiritual aspect of it. It's kind of stigmatized. And so if you do know anyone who may be struggling with that, share that video. It would be very powerful and empowering, I think, for them to change. Yes. And so in reflection of those points, Chriselle, here we see I, I found the, the truth prescription to identify your vulnerability factors, the same way we saw what made David vulnerable and Joseph vulnerable for addiction and or relapse, and then explore and identify your purpose, which we saw was key uh, for Joseph and for David, turn to God to overcome. Mm -hmm. Now, without further ado, we're going to have a word of prayer and then introduce our topic because we always have a lot to cover. Um, and this one is especially important um, as we talk about us as relational beings. So, Chriselle, would you have a word of prayer for us? Of course, let's bow our heads. Dear God in heaven, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be here, present, open and ready to receive your word, Lord. We thank you for the truth. And we ask that you encourage us in ways that we need to grow, to change, empower us, Lord. We know that the strength doesn't come from within ourselves, but from you. And may the Holy Spirit be leading in all guidance to the truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Griselle, what is our topic for today? No to say no. <laughs> and uh, I'm super excited for this topic. It's one that I particularly really emphasize in my practice with my clients. And I never really thought of it as something important until I re started recognizing a pattern with my patients in regards to having a struggle with saying no. And it seems so basic, but it, I, it's pretty difficult to say no. So we're going to go into the intricacies of what it means to say no. And I think that one word is what, Katie? Boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yes. What is a boundary? What is it not? Because often people get confused with what exactly it is. What are different types of boundaries? Um, what are barriers to setting them and how to set them, right? The basics. We hope that you can leave this session or episode today and know practical ways in which to improve the ability to set boundaries. Now, we want to start off with a quick kind of self-assessment. We're going to be reading some statements or some questions and you at home watching you want to think truthfully and honestly whether or not you resonate or you agree or it's kind of personal to you um, in these responses yes and so just to re-emphasize the point that awareness is key to change and so the purpose of us going through the self-assessment is to see how aware are you of your need for boundaries, your current setting of boundaries, your lack of boundaries, et cetera. And then from there, as Katie said, please be honest with, your, with yourself. You'll be able to recognize what aspects of your life in, in regards to boundaries needs to be adjusted or changed or implemented. Okay. So do you 
feel stressed out, overwhelmed, or burnt out. Never, rarely, sometimes, often, almost always. Okay. Do you resent others for being so demanding and inconsiderate? Do you say, okay, or say nothing when you would rather not do something for someone because you don't want any confrontation or conflict? Do you see yourself as the only one who can help and that you therefore need to say yes? Would you do almost anything to avoid hurting others? So essentially, are you a people pleaser? I think this kind of goes along the same lines. Do you hate to disappoint others' expectations? Or do you say to yourself, I respect other people's feelings, needs, and preferences, but don't feel the need to always defer to them. And say a couple of more here. I can comfortably express my true feelings regardless of their nature. Or do you say to yourself, I'm willing to end a relationship rather than continue to allow the other person to hurt me. And I know for that we can go through so many more questions, but just to start thinking about whether or not you struggle with boundaries. Now, Crystal, I know there's so much to cover, so we're going to go at quite a fast rate here. Uh, what is a boundary? Let's start answering that. And a lot of times when I, I know that for myself in therapy, I use analogies or metaphors. So if you want to use an analogy or metaphor um, to help define that, um, however you think would be best to help people understand what is a boundary. Well, I, I think I got this from you in regards to the definition and an analogy that you can utilize is a fence. What's the purpose of a fence? So most often individuals say, well, to protect. I say, okay, so if I have a fence around my home, it's to protect what? To protect what's outside of that fence or what's inside of that fence? And well, so people, they say a fence is to keep things out. Oh, yeah. Some people have said that. Important because people think that boundaries and why I don't want to set boundaries is because it keeps people out, keeps mm -hmm. intruders out, keeps, you know, here where I live, it's keeping the deer out. Um, but what exactly is the purpose of events? For protection. Protection of what? Of what you value inside your property. Exactly. So the, I often tell people, well, you know, if you had a beautiful house and you moved out and starts being run down, you don't really care about the house anymore. Will you build a brand new fence? <laughs> no. No. And I say, why not? Oh, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, lock, it's a, a waste of money. Because you don't value what's inside. And so if we could start viewing a boundary as placing boundaries is for the purpose of protecting or valuing what's on the inside, which is yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I like this added definition of boundaries. And I think this will kind of give us some answers later in regards to why is it important to set boundaries. 
But boundaries really define who we are. Because if we recognize, I want to protect this, then we recognize our identity. When we don't set boundaries, we kind of have convoluted lines. um, And we don't know who we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another way to put that in a book called Boundaries by Drs. Henry Cloud and Townsend, they say that a boundary is anything that helps to differentiate between yourself, right, from you and someone else. And then it shows where you begin and end, right? Um, but to add on to the analogy, because I think it's really important, um, and we're kind of answering also what it is and what it's not. Most people think boundaries are like these walls. I'm no longer going to talk to that person, mm-hmm. this big, tall wall. But boundaries are more so like a fence, but with a gate in that fence, mm-hmm. where you say, hmm, this person at this time, are not gonna enter into my home, right? Now, maybe you allow them to enter, but then they enter in with muddy shoes and you just cleaned your house and you really respect your house and you're just like, nope. The conditions are you can only come in if you have clean shoes, right? So boundaries are less of a wall and more so of a fence with a gate where you can choose when to open that gate and when to close And then sometimes based off of your boundaries, some people, they are choosing to leave on their own. Mm -hmm. And it's important to have that, Katie, that that differentiation, because I've heard many individuals say, oh, I'm just setting my boundaries. They're not really setting their boundaries. They're essentially having emotional cutoff from all their surroundings and then wondering why they feel so lonely. Yeah. Now, what are different types of boundaries? Oh, there are many different types. So you have your own personal boundaries. You have financial boundaries. You have time boundaries. You have sexual boundaries. You have physical boundaries. You have social boundaries. Um, I said emotional, right? Emotional, yes. Mm-hmm. Spiritual boundaries, basically. Spiritual boundaries. Part of your life. Let's just summarize it in that way, right? It can apply to any aspect of your life. But let's make it a little bit more practical. What are some examples of these different types of boundaries? So. If you say financial, what's an example of financial? Or if you say, you know, emotional, what do you mean by emotional boundaries? Well, financial boundary would be, okay, I have this much that I make. And so I'm going to set boundaries. This is how much I can spend for this. This is how much I can do with this. And it really protects not only your finances, but your whole well-being. Because if you have, you have a limited amount of money and you're stressed out, it can increase depression. It can increase anxiety. So it protects you. Yeah. So when you were saying that, I thought of somebody who may struggle with boundaries. Somebody says, oh, let's go hang out. Let's go to uh, such and such a place. And and then you go, okay, oh, the the restaurant's expensive, but you know, you you pay. And then they're like, oh, let's go now play, you know, mini golf, or let's go to an escape room. Let's go do this. Let's do that. And then, right, lack of boundaries, instead of saying, I can't right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a financial boundary. Um, can you give us an example of what a spiritual boundary would look like? Because I don't hear many individuals talk about spiritual boundaries. Yes. And we, we can talk more about this later as well. Um, I think about like the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a spiritual boundary saying, you know, I can spend, you know, six days with my, my friends doing certain certain things. But the Sabbath is the time that I have with God. 
Like if they want to do something, I'm sorry, but this is the boundary, right? And God did that in the very beginning where he said, you know, six days, you know, work and creation. And then he's like, no, but the Sabbath day is for relationships and for me to commune with my people. So that could be a spiritual boundary for yourself of saying, okay, Sabbath is different. Um, it could also be, and this is kind of combining spiritual and financial tithes, right? Tithes and offerings, setting apart boundaries, something. Setting apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spiritual boundaries. Well, let's talk about emotional really briefly. What's an example of an emotional boundary? So I'm thinking um, in regards to romantic relationships, I've seen this pattern with several of my patients is that they start, they meet someone and automatically they tell them their deepest secrets and they're talking to them for hours on end. And it's like, well, I'm falling for this person. And we had a, we had actually a Bible study on this in regards to falling in love versus walking in love. Um, It's having boundaries. And it's not to say, oh, I, you know, protect your heart, protect your heart, kind of that. But at the same time, it's also to protect them as well. Yeah. And so I like that example, Chriselle, because when we often think about boundaries in the context of relationships, we think about sexual boundaries, mm-hmm. but there are also emotional boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to quickly insert here, when you look at the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus had emotional boundaries. Mm-hmm. So he shared, he first, you know, had his big group of disciples and only shared a little bit about what was going to happen with them. And then he pulled away three friends and told them a little bit more. And then he opened up his heart completely only to God. That's a clear example of there are certain things you share with certain friends, certain family members, God as well, right? So protecting, because you value your emotions, right? You don't share with everybody. You don't say yes to everybody. Mm -hmm. And then really briefly, a time boundary. So I know that some individuals are just like, well, I got to do this because I got to do this because I got to do this. And it's like, well, what are your boundaries with your time? How much time are you going to dedicate to this? How much to this? Um, and when they don't have a lack of time boundaries, they tend to be overstressed and overworked. Yes. Burnt out as your question um, asked before. Definitely. I am guilty of that one. I can often, not just in regards to doing a lot, But I think that one can blend with social boundaries as well, that if you mentioned previously people pleasing, right, if you people please and they say, oh, hey, can you do this? And you're like, oh, man, I need to study. You're not protecting that time. And you're just saying yes to other people, which then um, impedes on your own needs. Yes. And so in regards to these types of boundaries, you can break it down further and categorize them as either you have rigid boundaries you have porous boundaries, or you have healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so a quick definition to differentiate all of those from each other, an example would be rigid boundaries, you avoid intimacy and close relationships. So you hold yourself in porous boundaries, you overshare your personal information, healthy boundaries, where you say, you know, I value my own opinions, and I know when to say them and when not to share them. Yeah. Just one quick example. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about kind of what is like, why is it important to set boundaries? So this will kind of get into the benefits of boundaries um, as well. What, why is it important to set boundaries? I think we've, um, we've alluded to it in regards to mental health, that when we struggle with setting boundaries, it can really impact 
whether or not we have an onset of anxiety, um, even panic attacks. I know that a lot of my patients who have panic attacks, they struggle with setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, depression as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to, to see how that's linked to mental health with some of the examples we just gave, if you don't have boundaries with your finances, you're going to be overly stressed about your finances. Mm-hmm. You don't have boundaries with emotions. You're going to often get hurt by people that are not to be trusted with those emotions. If you don't have time boundaries, you're going to find yourself overworked, overwhelmed, overburdened, right? Burnt out. Um, if you don't have um, ones over like sexual, right? Um, social, emotional, all these, you can see have a direct impact on our mental health. And in regards to the marital approach, <laughs> um, I've noticed that couples who don't have boundaries, they tend to build up resentment towards their partner because they feel like the partner's putting all this pressure on them, but really it's not the partner putting pressure. They just struggle saying no. I just had a session with somebody regarding that, because if you think about it, boundaries, we, yes, we blame the other person um, that they are not respecting or, but a lot of times we have not communicated and set our boundaries. So how do they know that they're crossing a boundary? If we're always saying it's fine, it's fine. Okay. Right. So part of our responsibility is communicating, setting and then communicating that boundary. Mm -hmm. Now, because we're relational people, right, individuals, um, one of the biggest blessings and benefits of setting boundaries is that you can actually have a better, better love and connection, both love for yourself and for others. Now, what do you think I mean by that? Or what do you think, what does that look like if having better love for self and better love for others in the context of boundaries? Because like in, in regards to a friendship that you have with a friend and the exchange that you have together will be balanced. It won't be that one person is oversharing or one person is not sharing. Equally, they come together and they understand, okay, so this is an exchange. This isn't just a here, I'm going to vomit all this on you, or I'm going to withhold all of this from you. And so usually if you recognize when you have a friendship with someone that you're unclear of what to say, unclear of what to expect, it's probably because boundaries haven't been established or they're not, they're not, you're not aware of them. Yeah. Um, I, I love the quote that says, givers need to set limits because takers never do. And so one of the biggest benefits of boundaries is making sure that it's a mutual relationship. You're giving, but you're receiving, right? But a lot of times people who struggle with boundaries is that they're giving, 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 and they're often attracted to takers. Mm. And I'm sure that there are people watching this that you struggle with that. Mm. I would say maybe... 60% or more of my clients struggle with giving and then being in relationships or friendships with takers. Yeah. Also another benefit, Katie, I would say in regards to loving yourself is when you don't have boundaries, you are essentially letting anyone come into your life and you're not protecting yourself. And there are people who are toxic. And so value who you are and who you allow to impress your mind, to impress your heart, to impress your life. Yeah. 
Uh, Dr. Brene Brown says, daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves, even when we risk disappointing others. Oh, that's powerful. It's, it's thinking about what are my needs? What are their wants? And their wants, saying yes to their wants, should never be at the cost of our own needs. Mm. And I want to emphasize that because you can still give in to other people's wants. You can still want to meet their wants, mm. but it shouldn't be at the cost of your needs. And that's very biblical in the sense of people say, oh, no, the Bible talks about giving, giving, giving. It says love others. How? As yourself. So you can't love others until you love yourself, until you value yourself. And so if you're coming from that perspective, the Bible does not teach a give, 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 and never receive. It's love others as yourself. And not only that, Katie, but like you said, the word teach, when we set boundaries, we are teaching others how to treat us and how to treat others as well. It's almost as a setting of an example. And I, you put a quote here, Katie, I'm not sure exactly who it's from, but says you're not required to set yourself on fire to keep others warm. Yes, it's true. And a lot of people, because they care so much, and I just want to say a lot of times the lack of boundaries be, come from a place of care. Like, oh, I, I love people. I, I care about them. I want to please them. I don't want to disappoint them. And that's why it's important to recognize that there are so many benefits, both for yourself and for others. It's not being selfish. Bound, setting boundaries is not being selfish. And it's not about, again, the example you just gave about setting yourself on fire. It's at the cost of our needs. Mm. Like if you could build a fire and make that person warm, build that fire. But not setting yourself <sighs> on fire. the expense of setting yourself on fire. Exactly. I really like this as a boundary is a definite place where your responsibility ends and another person's begins. It stops you from doing things for others that they should be doing for themselves. Yeah. When going along with like this fence example, um, another example of this is a lot of people, right? You think about the fence and here's your yard and then you have the neighbor's yard. When people lack boundaries, often what they're doing is they're watering their neighbor's lawn <laughs> at the expense of watering their own lawn. Mm -hmm. Now, you water your lawn. And if you have time and you want to and you want to help out your neighbor, help them water their lawn. But again, it's often at the expense. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying to say no to everybody. Again, it's a fence with a gate of knowing when to help never at the expense of your own needs. And, and Katie, often what happens is the person looks over to their neighbor and gets upset, says, why are you, why is it that mine is not as green as yours? And they're like, but you want, you're the one who said, no, but, but look at mine. And it, it causes all this conflict when really it could have just been solved by setting boundaries. And Chriselle, to add to that is they get upset that why didn't they offer to help me water mine? <laughs> yeah. And when it was your choice in the beginning, exactly. People are not mind readers. And mm -hmm. so then let's clarify here is if you tell them I can help you, you know, uh, to water your lawn and then can you help water mine? And then if they agree, 
And then, so that's the boundary you set. And then you help them and they don't help you. Then you can be upset, right? Because they have violated that boundary. Mm. And that then afterwards, you can say, I'm no longer going to help you, you know, water your lawn. So we see that boundaries are actually for our benefit, personal benefit, but also for others to teach them, right? To protect relationships. How, Chriselle, can boundaries protect relationships? Well, as I was saying earlier, in in context to a marriage, instead of allowing contempt and resentment to build, you have this flow of clear communication. Expectations are understood, they're communicated, and your marriage is protected. And if you think about it, again, the purpose of boundaries are you value what's in the inside. If you value your relationship, if boundaries are, all, are also a sign of self-respect. So if you have self-respect and your partner has self-respect, that contributes to a healthy relationship. I mean, I would go as far as to say um, uh, infidelity is a lack of boundaries. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the marital conflict or any relational conflict is a result of lack of boundaries. And, and how we don't talk about this, like people don't talk about boundaries, right? Or we, if we do, it's very limited to certain type of boundaries, but not in regards to making yeah. sure there are boundaries implemented throughout our lives. Yeah. Another quote that I like is stop asking why they keep on doing it. And start asking why you keep allowing it. Oh, that's funny. That's and so and I, I tell that to my clients all the time. Oh, true. So they start complaining about, you know, why somebody is doing something to them. And I pause them for a second. I say, you know, what do you think is your role in this? Mm. Like, you know, it's all them, right? Mm. Well, you're allowing it. Right? Yeah, I've had to ask myself in some situations in my own personal life, Chriselle, has something not been communicated on your end? So don't get frustrated with this person. Maybe it's your turn to communicate something so things can be clarified. Yeah. Even though inside it's like, I don't really want to do that, but it's like, do I want to not do that and continue to suffer or do it and then just clear the air? (laughs) Yeah, I, I tell my clients when I say, so you either have the choice to communicate and then it's on them to respond. If you decide not to communicate, it's on you. So you cannot be upset with them if you have not communicated. And I think that's really important for when we talk about how to set boundaries is if you communicate those boundaries and they violate, then that's on them. They chose that. But if you do not communicate, it's on you. Yeah. So let's transition now into understanding um, what could be barriers to setting boundaries. Right. Let's acknowledge a couple of those. And so I think we've mentioned one earlier in our episode in regards to people saying, oh, well, I'm setting boundaries. But really what they're doing is they're shutting people out and they're isolating themselves and then complaining that they're lonely and no one cares about them or they're misunderstood. Yeah. Right. Again, um, like big, tall wall. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, that fence has a gate. That you have that choice of when it's opened or when it's closed. It's in your control. Yeah. There's a quote here by Mark Groves that says, walls keep everybody out. Boundaries teach people where the door is. And I really like that because whether it's the gate in the fence or a door, you're teaching people, okay, these are the conditions to come in, come out. It's up to you. 
And that's, I guess, leading to another misconception that mis the misconception that boundaries um, are my decision to ask people to leave or to come in. But it's really a big part of it is their decision. You're just saying these are the conditions. You know, if you want to come in, then come under these conditions. If not, then, you know, it's mm -hmm. your choice. And along those lines, Katie, a big misconception is that boundaries have just to do with saying no. But sometimes it's also saying yes. Yes, I accept that treatment. Yes, I accept this love from you. Yes, I accept being in a relationship with you. Yes, I accept. It's not just saying no. Yeah, you can think about it from two, it's like half glass full or half glass empty. You can either say a boundary, let's say an emotional boundary. Um, you can't say mean things to me, right? Or you can say, yes, please say nice things to me. Mm -hmm. right? But both are communicating and teaching. I value myself. And my needs and my wants. So no, our title for today is no to say no, which people often struggle with. But really the balance of learning true healthy boundaries is to learn how to say no and how to say yes. When to say no, when to say yes. When to open that gate, when to close that gate. Um, I've also heard um, in terms of a barrier to setting boundaries where someone would say, well, in my family, like we, we just don't communicate that way. It would be completely rude to communicate that way. Um, for me to say no is just unacceptable. And so, yes, there are some cultures that could come into play in regards to setting boundaries. I think collectivistic cultures, um, they're more enmeshed. And so it's harder to set boundaries, whereas the individualistic cultures, it's emphasized to be able to say no or to say yes, right? So, okay, how would you respond to someone who comes from that background and they struggled. And one of their barriers is saying, it's my culture. Like, I just can't say no. Yeah. So I would actually think, I, I actually think that a collectivistic culture doesn't automatically mean that you can't set, set boundaries. And then the opposite of individualistic can, I think it's just different boundaries. So collectivistic cultures often set boundaries, but in the context of family. So they have a boundary going around the family. So that's where they say, oh, you know, you share everything with the family, no one else, right? So it's different boundaries versus the individualistic culture might say the boundaries around me, Myself. right? So I think it goes beyond than just collectivistic versus individualistic. Mm -hmm. um, in general, regardless of culture, I think that many people are not taught how to set boundaries because we kind of live in a culture of um, an overall societal culture of say yes, right? Um, and again, I think that comes from a place of care, even like the Christian cultures, right, where we want to give, 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 um, but we have to be able to recognize when to give and when to receive as well. So sometimes the barriers, you're never taught how to set boundaries, or you never knew that you needed to until maybe this episode, or maybe until another experience where, you know, you suffer from consequences of not setting boundaries. Okay, so now we've identified, okay, maybe I there's some areas that I could improve. Um, I'm more aware now. Um, oh, I didn't know those were boundaries. I didn't know there were different types of boundaries. I just thought there was like the personal boundaries, but there's a different types. 
Um, maybe I'm okay. I think I'm having a little bit rigid boundaries or I'm having porous boundaries. So let's talk about then how do we set boundaries, right? This is probably the big question of the, of the, of the event of the episode today. <laughs> so how do we set boundaries? Is there a process? Is there a sequence? Is there, are there just tips? What would you say? So I think the first step is sort of what we're doing right now is reflection, right? Reflecting on, you know, what do I value? What are my needs? And re really starting with self and then, you know, something from there. Exactly. So what are my values? What are my needs? And where do I want to start thinking about setting those boundaries, right? Yes, because you cannot, it's hard to set boundaries if you don't recognize who you are and what your values are. So your identity and your awareness of who you are is number one. Yes. And, and some people that are watching may say, well, I don't really know who I am. I don't really know, you know, what boundaries to set. Um, just because you set boundaries doesn't mean boundaries can never move, can never change. They're flexible. So if you're not sure, the simplest advice that I would give would be to set one. And, and see how it is. If you're like, oh, I think that was too rigid, right? Then you can modify. Um, you can also talk to other people and, and get a sense, of, or not just people, I would recommend the boundaries book. It'll teach you a lot about boundaries. And there's also a boundaries workbook. But the first step is reflection. What do I need? What do I value? Um, and then starting small. You don't have to, okay, let me, you know, set all the boundaries and, you know, People in your life will probably be quite shocked, but starting small and implementing those boundaries slowly. Mm -hmm. And then practice. It's, um, I do a lot of role playing with my own patients because sometimes it's hard to be able to go and just implement something and say, I want to let you know that um, I don't appreciate that when we, when we go out on a date, my time is not considered. <laughs> And so I do need to be back at 10 o'clock because I need to get a good night rest, <laughs> you know? So if that's hard for you to say, practice it. Either practice that with a friend, practice that in front of a mirror. Um, that sound, may sound funny, but it works. Totally works. Um, but yeah, role-playing it out. There's nothing strange about that. All you're doing is practicing before the, uh, big, the big event in your mind will actually happen. And correct me if I'm wrong, Crystal, but we will actually have a future episode, um, the next episode on communication and yeah. having really practical skills and tools of how do I share with people, not just about boundaries in general, but it could be tricky if you say, oh, um, you're, you're not considering my time whatsoever. Like, you know, and I really need to be back at 10 PM. Like, can you be back? Can I be back at 10? Probably not the best way to set boundaries, right? No. So, Practice is important, but also communication and how you deliver the actual boundary. Yes. Now, the next step is ideally set them early, right? And as early as you can in relationship or in other settings, like if you start a new job, it's best to set them early. What's my time management going to look like? Okay, no matter what, I'm going to make sure that my lunch time is protected, right? Um, um, but in a relationship, right? Um, early in a relationship, let me set them because it becomes harder and harder to set them later on. Now, again, that's ideal. If you've already been in a relationship, 
if you're already at work or whatever situation, you can still set them. Um, and but the earlier you can, the better. Yes. And also another aspect of that is being consistent. So not only to start it early, but the moment you start it, be consistent. Um, in regards to a relationship, I can see how useful and helpful it is to be consistent. Because if you're in a relationship and you're saying, yes, it's important following the same example for me to be home at a certain time upon, you know, at the end of every date. And then one night you're like, oh, no, it's okay. We can stay out. And then the next night, no, I got to go home. It's super confusing and it's going to only bring conflict into the relationship. Um, So that's just one example. Also, if you're trying to implement financial boundaries and you're not being consistent with your savings, it's kind of, I don't want to say pointless, but you're defeating the purpose. Um, So be consistent in that boundary when it comes to finances. Then the next one is to be assertive and in the way of making them a priority. So you need to make them a priority. If you're, if you don't, it's going to be really easy to go to the default of having no boundaries. Mm-hmm. So again, and that, I think that's full circle of making sure it comes from a place of what do I value? And if you value it, you're going to be more inclined to set it and maintain it, make them a priority. Yes. And we will be talking about what does it mean to be assertive versus aggressive versus passive and passive aggressive? Because sometimes we can confuse them and think that we're just oh, I'm just stating my boundary, but really what we're doing is disrespecting ourselves and the other person in communicating our boundary. Now, Crystal, we wanted to end with, um, you know, the practicality of, I can learn how to set boundaries by going to the best mental health manual, right? When we talk about where we get our truth prescriptions from, which is the Bible. Now, just off the top of your head, what are different biblical examples? Of boundaries? Well, in regards to marriage, <laughs> uh, the Bible has many boundaries, um, not having premarital sex, um, sex, not engaging in sexual immorality for the purpose of protecting your marriage, for the purpose of protecting your purity. Um, that's one boundary. Let's see, there's also the boundary, as you said earlier, keeping the Sabbath day holy. And another one um, that we talked about briefly was the Ten Commandments. I don't know if anyone's ever thought about it as a set of boundaries, but if you think about it, um, the first four boundaries are in regards to protecting your relationship with God, right? And establishing it as important and valuable in your life. Um, Whereas the next set of um, commandments is protecting your relationship with mankind. Mm -hmm. With others. Right? And that's setting boundaries. And so, I mean, until this episode, I'll be honest, I never thought about it as boundaries, but it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I really love that because, again, coming from the perspective of boundaries are protecting what you value, right? Cherishing what you value. And so putting no other gods before him, right? Not taking his name in vain. All those things are saying, God, I really love you. I really respect you. I really love our time together. So I want to protect that. And then the last six, as you mentioned, is like, okay, yeah, if lying disrupts relationships, adultery, um, being disrespectful and disobedient to parents, yeah. I want to maintain those relationships. So I'm going to set these boundaries, yeah. boundaries of love. Um, great examples. I even think about like creation, right? God is setting boundaries between the heavens and the earth, right? 
Um, there's, there's limits, there's lines, and there's a purpose for everything. Um, so a lot of different examples. And one of the th- ones that I also like is uh, in Galatians chapter six. It's interesting. If, do you have your Bible, Chriselle? Not off the hand here. Okay, but then I'll read it. But um, one of the, the verses I like to quote the most when it comes, not quote the most, but one of them um, is Galatians chapter six, verse two says, bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ, which is interesting. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we should bear each other's burdens. So people who lack boundaries are, are going to carry the burdens of others. And some people even say as a therapist, you know, how do you not go home carrying everyone's emotional burdens? Mm-hmm. Here it's like, okay, as a Christian, it's telling you bear one another's burdens. But then you look at verse five and it says, for each one shall bear his own load. And you're like, you just said carry each other's. Now you're saying each, you know, but you notice that there's a difference. One says burdens, one says load. Burdens are like these excessive burdens. It's a lot of weight. Help each other. Distribute that weight. That's a a healthy boundary to help them, but not at the expense of your own needs. For each one shall bear his own load. Load there is daily things. You have to carry your own daily things. You don't put that on others. So here, I think it's a great description uh, or depiction, I should say, of healthy boundaries, helping each other. Yeah, it's good. Say yes. Say yes. Other times say no. Yeah. Now, Chriselle, there's one person in the Bible that demonstrates the best implementation of boundaries. And we've mentioned this person before. They're actually the prescriber, right? We have the prescriber, we have the prescription and the patient. We'll talk about the prescriber and the prescription, of course, healthy boundaries, and then the patient us. What can we learn from the prescriber? So this prescriber is Jesus himself. And I don't know if you've ever thought about Jesus as, I guess, what do you say? I don't want to say the mascot. (laughs) What's the word, Katie? When somebody is poster child, poster child. Yeah, I guess you could say it that way um, for boundaries. And I say that because I think sometimes we think of Jesus as someone who just said yes to everything. And we say, oh, because when someone's nice and kind, they just can't say no. But Jesus said no. And he was able to prioritize his relationships with God, prioritize his relationships with mankind, prioritize his relationships with the disciples. There were verses in the Bible that, that depict that there was times Jesus was just with the disciples. And there was times that they withdrew from the crowds purposely. There were times when he performed miracles that he specifically said, don't share this with someone. Mm-hmm. Whereas with others, he'd say, go and tell everyone what I've done for you, right? Boundaries. There's a purpose and intent for everything. So it says here, Jesus had personal needs that he put a priority on, sometimes even more than the needs of other people. What? No way. Jesus did that? Yes. And he did so without feeling guilty. And I think that's key because I do think that sometimes I know I'm guilty of that talking about guilt, um, where I'll be like, man, I just feel so bad that I had to say no. You had to say no and move forward. The other person is a big person. They're an adult and they can accept the no, right? And primarily his personal soul care had to do with separating himself from people to be alone with God. Jesus lived in a rhythm of life that not only kept him free from being burnt out, because I don't know about you, but when you read the life of Jesus, he definitely had all the reasons to be burnt out. 
But far beyond that, it kept him full of God, full of grace and truth, and therefore ready and able to be compassionate and generous in his response to people, their needs, interruptions, and crisis situations. And I love that so much because um, I don't think we recognize that when we say no, it also gives us time for ourselves and most importantly, time for God. Yeah. Right. And so just some practical examples of how Jesus set boundaries. Mm-hmm. We see that he recognized his personal limits, right? He had his personal needs. He was making sure that he ate, he slept, he took naps, time to relax. He did a lot of walking. He received support from friends, right? He sought the company of friends. He asked them to pray for him. He enjoyed solitude. He enjoyed the moment. He left one city to go to another. He couldn't be two places at the same time. He had like this unhurried pace of life, right? He had set some time boundaries. Um, He also said no to inappropriate behavior. This actually came up in a session this week of somebody was struggling with, um, they were just kind of letting people do bad things and just continue to, in in essence, abuse them. And I said, do you know that Jesus was like, he said no. And he was very bold about it. And they're like, really? And so we opened our Bible and looked for instances where he said no to inappropriate behavior, right? He said no to abuse, um, both, especially like for others, like for example, with um, the woman um, caught in adultery, right? Um, he set limits and boundaries of like, no, you know, this, unless you have a, there's conditions, unless, you know, you without sin cast the first stone. Um, he, also, you know, said no to manipulation, to pride, um, said no to a lot of people calling them hypocrites and, you know, really pointing out their inappropriate behavior. What are other examples of Jesus setting boundaries? I think this one is really powerful, that Jesus had expectations for people in need, meaning Jesus didn't just come to someone who had a need and healed them because he wanted to. He respected their boundary and he often would ask them, what can I do for you? Or wait for them to come to him. And then he'd say, what can I do for you? He totally respected when, of course, his compassion and love for people, he had gone out and healed everyone, Mm -hmm. right? But he had that boundary and respect for others. And so I think that's key because sometimes we think, oh, boundaries about respecting me, 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 me. It's also about respecting those around you, not just yourself. Yeah. I like how Jesus was also very honest and direct, right? And that's where the principle comes, like, let your yeas be yeas, your noes be noes, your nays nays, right? Yes, yes, no, no. Be honest and direct, which is really important. Um, also, keep, I, this is very, very key. And I think this is the, the solution for people who struggle with boundaries. Learn to please God, not people. Mm-hmm. Jesus was always looking to do his Father's will. When we seek to please people, it's at the expense of ourselves. So we neither respect ourselves nor other people. But when we please God, God helps us, like through the Ten Commandments, to both please him and to please others. So really the key to boundaries and healthy boundaries is pleasing God. And in those moments, so practical application of that would be when you're unsure, pray to God saying, God, should I place a boundary here, both for myself and for this other person? Please God. And whatever God reveals to you, God will help you also set that boundary and maintain that boundary. Yes. And and I think, Katie, another additional aspect of Jesus setting boundaries is sometimes we think of Jesus as just accepting, accepting, accepting everybody and anything. But um, 
he also was able to say to certain individuals, what you're doing is wrong and to change that. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes we think he's just, yes, 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 yes. But he also said, no, no, no. <laughs> and so that's a great example of those who may be struggling as Christians. If you're a Christian, you're saying, well, to be Christian means just to say yes and to just accept and not necessarily look at the life of Jesus. He set boundaries as well. And there were moments he had to say no. Because if he didn't say no, it would be against God's will. Yes. And I think to add to that is Psalms 85 says truth and mercy kiss, right? They come together. If you have too much grace or too much mercy and saying, yes, 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 yes. But if you also go to the other extreme of truth of no, 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 no. Truth and mercy kiss. They come together saying no, saying yes. So here's a perfect example. It says, to the woman caught in adultery, he offered grace. Neither do I condemn you. And then truth by saying, go and sin no more. And I love that balance, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Chris, I know we're just about time. So um, any last comments or summaries um, to leave our viewers with before we pray and then give our um, truth prescription? Yeah. So just to kind of summarize our um take away with Jesus and his personal boundaries, but things that we can learn from his example is take personal prayer um, and time for that for yourself and re-energize yourself with God. Be honest and direct as Jesus was, of course, in gentleness and love, but be honest and direct. Um, set your priorities. Know what your priorities are. Please God, not people. And remember to obey God. Going back to the Ten Commandments, there's a purpose behind those boundaries. God knows that it's to protect what's valuable, which is yourself, your relationship with God, and all your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. And the, the last thing I would just close with is to remember that boundaries are not walls. They're a fence with a gate, right? And you can choose when to open that gate and when to close that gate. Learn to say no, no to say no, but also no to say yes. When to say no and when to say yes. Let's have a word of prayer, Crystal, to close, and then we'll give our our truth prescription um, for this next upcoming two weeks. Would you like to pray, Crystal? Yes, I can pray. Dear Lord in heaven, thank you for this this enlightenment in regards to boundaries. I think so often we have a misconception of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be loving. Um, but we recognize, Lord, that to be loving also is to say no at times or to say yes at times. And so we ask that you give us courage <laughs> to be able to set boundaries and first and foremost, awareness and acceptance of the, of, of the parts of our lives that we struggle with boundaries and help us to walk in faith, knowing that when we set boundaries, Lord, everything else around us will fall through, Lord. Thank you for your example that you set for us. And we do pray that you help us through the changes that we're implementing in our lives and help us to maintain them, most importantly. In your precious name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, Katie, so what's our truth application? Our truth prescription is identify the areas in which you struggle setting boundaries. So you might say, okay, time or work or finances and so forth. Identify first the area. Then number two, choose one boundary you want to begin setting and maintaining. Do you notice that it's not, then start setting all the boundaries. 
at least choose one. Say, okay, I struggle with time management at work and I want to set a boundary over my breaks, not going on social media. You might say, okay, and I'm going to implement that boundary and begin setting and maintaining. So we hope that as you set boundaries, right, that the truth of those boundary settings can help you give, help you have liberty, liberty in your life, better mental health. Awesome. So don't forget to take your daily dosage of the truth because knowing the truth can help you set you free. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.